0: Yo, <laughs> what up, dude? Top of the morning to you, man. <laughs> how you feeling? How you feeling? Just reunited some feelings, bro. I shoot. guess I guess I start <laughs> this off. Please, uh, shoot. Um, I'm a nine out of ten, bro. I think the only thing that's holding me back is school. You know, you know how that gets. So, to that, nine man. out of ten, man. Ten,
1: bro. I'm going sure? to 10, ten out of ten. You sure? Yeah, I'm going to tell ten, 10. <laughs> I, You tried. I tried it, bro. I'm good, though. God God is good. Ten out of ten, solid weekend with Amen. the with the youth. So, feeling pretty good. Encouraged. Mm. Led by the Spirit, some would say. Pray Pray ten out of ten, man.
2: Pray God. I'm feeling the same, man. I'm feeling tired, tight. Ain't got nothing. Hold me back. I'm doing good. Swell.
0: 29 Swell. out of 30. Back in the A bracket, man. Man, went to church earlier today. And the topic was worry, you know, and then Pastor was given a perspective about, you know, like worry is not guaranteed to leave our lives, but the things that we focus on is where we get to see how we respond to worry. So I'm just like, man, like, what are some things that I'm worrying about in my life that I can change my perspective on and I can focus on God instead of focusing on my problems, you know, because even Jesus says in his word in um in John 1633, right? Where he says, you will have troubles in this world, right? But it's just like understanding like man, like what do you shift your focus to? And so like even Paul talks about in Philippians 4, like man, focus on things that are noble and things that are above. So it's like man, like it's not so much about focusing on the problems, it's about focusing on God's promises, you know.
1: Uh, we had a, what do you call it, a breakout group this weekend, uh, and it was actually dealing with worry. And they tried to do a couple of scriptures, you know, one in particular, Philippians 4, 6, you know, be anxious for nothing but in yeah. everything, pray, supplication, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which is, on understand, regards heart and mind. So that was just a, a refreshing reminder, especially with the students, because they were talking about, oh, I'm worrying about, you know, what I'm going to get on my exam. And actually, that one student, um, he was talking about trying to get into high school. And he was like, I don't know if I'm going to get into high school because I didn't take the exam to get into high school. And I was like, well, wait, what you mean by that, bro? And he was like, well, you got to take an exam to get in. And, you know, I didn't take the exam because I didn't think I would be smart enough to get in. And I was like, well, man, now you're allowing this doubt to creep into your life and, you know, present opportunities to you where you aren't able to capitalize on it because of your worry or your fear. And so what the guy said at the session, the breakout, he was like, worrying or anxiety and all that stuff is just fear like your fear of like the unknown or fear of what could happen if you don't do a certain thing so the beauty of what Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 is that we shouldn't worry like we we should not worry because look at the lilies or look at you know the birds like they don't worry about a thing yet God provides for them all the things all the ways that he does mm-hmm. so likewise for us if we're going through our lives and we're worrying about tomorrow's food or tomorrow's you know Worries or troubles, it's like all that's going to do is just take out time from today. But if we can f- focus on what God says, and he tells us not to worry. That gives us peace that it doesn't even make sense. Like he says, the peace that surpasses all understanding, like it's not supposed to make sense to us because it's going to make sense to him.
2: So in that mm. find comfort in that and then go forward with that. Mm. I was um some about this idea of the things that we fear is, you know, the things that we focus on are who who we become. And so it's like, man, if I'm focusing on this thing, focusing on that thing, that's who I'm becoming. So a lot of us focus on fear and those kind of things where it can be the cash or a relationship or something. But those things that we fear starts to be kind of who we become. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, well, what are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on the fear or focus on the other things? Something else I was processing here is, you know, why are we fearing that thing? Is it stemming from something that has happened to us? A way that I've gotten fear that has kind of, a way that I've handled fear to not have fear is to think on how God has helped me in past times. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So God, for me, has been there, let's say, a thousand times. Yeah, I'm always scared on 1,000th first time that he's not going to be there. But then he comes through on 1,000th first time. And then I'm scared on 1,000th second time. <laughs> and it's, it's just a circle over and over and over. Yeah. And now it's kind of like some thing where I'm coming out of college and it's like, I'm not that scared because God's come through 1,002 times. So why won't he come through on a thousand third time? Mm-hmm. Again, this focus, what, what I, I'm focusing on which thing. Right.
0: Man, I think uh what you hit on like Matthew six is like, um Jesus literally says like, you know, which one of you can add an hour to your mm. life by worrying, you know, and I think like you know, worry doesn't benefit us at all. Like worry doesn't do anything, but you know, makes things worse for us. And I think also you were talking about you know the birds and the lilies that's in the, that's mentioned in the Bible, mentioned in Matthew six, and where it's like the difference between us and the lilies is like man, God provides for them, but He provides for us even more because we're created in His image. And I think that's something that we also have to understand. If we're created in God's image, like He's going to provide for us no matter how it may look. Now the thing about it is God's provision may not be the same as our desires you know because we might want something to look this way but god is like no you don't want it this way you need it this way you know and so it's just like making sure like we understand like what god is telling us and what we actually need because even our parents did it we're like man like man i want this i want this so bad but it's like man like you don't need you don't need that but you need this you know so it's just kind of like you know just let god be god you know that's so good
1: because i feel
0: like a lot of times if we
1: try to be god and we mm-hmm. realize when we aren't actually God and we don't have the answer to our problem, that's when all worrying starts creeping. That's when the doubt starts creeping. That's when the fear starts creeping. And it's so crazy to me is that when we allow God to be God, it allows his characteristics to show. One of the characteristics is that God is a provider. God can't be a provider if we have everything figured out. If we have everything solved in our lives, how is he going to provide for us? And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people fall into the trap, like the people like the non-believers. Like I was talking to uh, one of my guys earlier, and he was saying that this guy... That's had it all figured out. He's got a six-figure paying job, man, like no worries whatsoever. He's getting his school paid for, like he's all straight for the next ten years. He was like, there's really no need for me to believe in God because I mean I can provide for everything for myself. But the problem is, is like there always comes a time where sometimes we hit that rock bottom and you need the rock at the bottom. And so in the moments where you are called to lean on God, it shows his characteristic of him being a provider. Like when Abraham walked up the mountain with Isaac, man. He didn't know what was about to happen, bro, but he trusted the fact that God was going to provide. That's his characteristic. So, if we're facing situations where we're worrying about things, where we're, you know, focused on what is the unknown, what's uncertain, this is just an opportunity for God to show his character that he's a provider and that he can show you that he can come through. But, he's going to have to come through on his timing, not your timing. Because if you think he's going to come on your timing, you won't worry. You'd be like, oh, we're good, man. But it takes you going to that breaking point, that threshold where it's like... Shoot, this is that thousand first time. God, I know you came through a thousand times, but I'm not sure if you're going to come through this time. man. we're going to have to see. And then lo and behold, he comes through and it shows that his characteristic is true, that he's a provider.
2: Some I was pressing here is God's going to do his part. How can I do my part? And it's a thought mm. of of um, if we have given our lives to Christ, then our desires have to align with his and so now he's going to play out his part, but we've got to play out our part. And so if God's giving us or he's pushing us towards this way and we're trying to go do this way, how's that? It won't work. Mm-hmm. But we've got to, again, align our, our desires with his way. Because um, I think all the time, God, he he leads us in certain ways because he's got the um, a, a steering wheel. I don't want to turn left over there. <laughs> I, I want to turn right. Oh, Oh forgive him? I don't
0: want to do that. But it's like, man, God can't be in control if we're always trying to get control. Mm. Man, that's real. I love how you talked about desires because that made me think of a verse that's like often just like, you know, just really just taken out of context because like um it's um Psalms thirty seven four. It says, Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm. But it's the thing about it is learning like when you actually take delight in the Lord, like Your desires become his desires that he has for you. And so, like, that's what we have to understand. Like when people read that verse, they're like, oh, you know, the things I want now, like, you know, God will give me that. You know, if I just take delight in him. So kind of having that transactional relationship with God with God doesn't work like that. God is a relational God. He wants to actually have a relationship with us, you know. And so I can think about relationships in my life to where it's like, man, like the most love I have for these people is not transactional. It's just relational. It's just strictly out of love, you know. And so I think that also like ties into provision, too, because you talked about, you know, God providing for us. And I think that kind of brings me to like Isaiah 9, 6, when he calls him an everlasting father, calls mm-hmm. Jesus an everlasting father. And it's just like, man, like it's everlasting father. Everlasting means eternal. It means forever. It's not, you know, oh, here and here and then not here and then here and then not here. You know, it's like forever, like the whole time. So it's just like, man, like God is going to provide for us on that 1, and first time and that yep. 2, and first time. So mm-hmm. it's just like we got to make sure we just let him be him. I part. I think that is is key for all of us, especially
1: because we all have desires. I mean, there's a verse in Proverbs that says that the the desires there are, there are ways of a man that seem right to him, but in the end, it leads to death. So we all have our natural desires, and we can think that this is good, and we can stand like that Jesus glitter over, or God wants me to do this because I feel it in my heart, but. At the end of the day, it might not actually be from God. It might be some fleshy desires. It might be the desires that you want to gratify on your own. And which is crazy because sometimes, uh, not sometimes, the verse in Proverbs also says, you know, many are the plans of a person's heart. But it is the Lord who will establish your steps. It is the Lord's plan who will prevail. So at the end of the day, we can have all these desires that we want. But at the end of the day, it's God's provision that's going to get us to where we're going to be. It's God's provision that's going to get us where we're going to be at down the line. Here, now, everlastingly, like everywhere, God's always going to provide. It's not going to be just for this instant. He's like, I got control of your life right now. I got control of my back then. And I got control of your life in the future moving forward. So trust in the one who has control and not in yourself who doesn't have any control. Amen.
2: I hear those those verses all the time. And people always, again, say my context because they are focused on what God's part is. Mm -hmm. Because we all love focusing on God's part. Like, God, why are all these bad things happening? They're focusing on God's part. But on that verse, we also got to focus on our part, which I said again. Mm -hmm. We got to focus on our part, bro. Because our our part is to go to him, have those be close to him, and have those kind of of desires that he, that a lot, that, that line up in his vision. Yeah. But we're so, so, so focused on what God's part is, which is giving us things that we all want, you know what I'm saying? Because we're all self-centered, so, so we're always focusing on us. But when we focus on our part of that, it changes the whole thing. I think of times back when I wasn't really rocking w- with God, you know what I'm saying? The, the desires that I had were not, they were questionable things, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Very, very questionable things. But now that I'm rocking, you know, with God, the desires. I want are matching with his, mm. and now my life's going in ways I never would have ever imagined, or ever mm. thought, because I've had different things change inside me, and now I've got to focus in a whole, whole, whole different place. I don't have my focus here on girls and money or that; my focus on God and His
0: will. Yeah. And I think like with doing your part, too, it reminds me of Galatians 5:24 when it says like those who belong to Christ Jesus, they crucify the flesh and his desires. And so it's about us doing our part. And I, that also ties into uh, Matthew 16, 24. Now, if you truly want to be my disciples or you truly want to be a follower of me, you must pick up your cross and deny yourselves daily. So it's always about us doing our part as well, you know, for us to have that true relationship with God, because it's like, man, if we're not denying ourselves, we can't say we're a follower of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So it's just about us doing our part and focusing on what we have to do to hold up that relationship.
1: And I think what's so key about what both of you guys just said is that we have a part, like we have a, a part to play in a role in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. If God's a provider, we have to trust that He's a provider. But here's the thing, like it can't be this transactional trust. Like God, I'm only going to trust you because I know you can do this. You know, and you've done this fast, so I'm not going to trust you again if you don't do it again. It's like it has to be something that's like God, I'm going to trust you even if you don't provide for me. I'm going to trust you even if you don't come through in the situation because you've come through so many times in the past that if you never can't do again I'd be good like that's just a track record that you have I'm content if you never did anything else for me I'd be straight so I think our part in all of that is to trust in God who he is and his character and be content with who he is like if he never did anything else for you if he never did anything else for you you have to be content with that because at the end of the day yeah we don't deserve none of the stuff that we have we don't deserve none of his provision but he chooses to give that and that's just so crazy because we had heard this verse over the the weekend and it was talking about uh the romans six twenty three, like the wages of sin you know leads to death but the gift of god is eternal life meaning like it's a gift it's not something that you can earn a wage is something that you work for that you earn and you get paid out by the work that you do you can't get paid that gift that god gives you but it's something that he actually gives you so and a part of trusting in his provision is you allowing yourself to humble and be like man i don't even deserve the things that God's gonna provide for me. For yet, God, you are still gonna provide for this. I'm gonna be so grateful that you've given me this opportunity to have the things that I have and to steward the things that I also have as well.
2: I was thinking of the uh, the thing of was, it, was it me and kid. I had a dog, and so this dog, we got this dog. It was a it was a puppy, and it had to be fed at eight a.m. and eight p.m. Right, and so
0: at the start, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, let me cook, let me cook. You weren't and cooking for him, it, bro. No twice a day. <laughs> And so ribs so. <laughs> show. I'm feeding them
2: ribs too. Can but anyways, I anyways. anyways <laughs> I think we went sixteen years feeding the ribs. Back to my bro. point. <laughs> I think it's chocolate, like hit cats and stuff. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, I think back when we, we as we got this some some dog, you know, so it didn't have trust that we would feed it. So it would always dig into his to its bag because we had the bag kinda of, kind of low it always digging to it. But when, after a couple years so the bag was still there down up on the floor, but, but the dog never went into it because the dog trusted that mm. I was going to feed it at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. And so now I could have this bag of food with all the food it could have ever wanted for a whole week sitting there on the floor and it wouldn't touch it. Why? It never touched it because it trusted that I was going to feed it at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. I feel like so many of us are tearing up into that that, that bag that God has for us because we aren't trusting that he's going to feed us at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., even though this whole week, Monday to Saturday, he fed us at 8 a.m. 8 p.m. But mm-hmm. it's Sunday night. We're like, oh, I'm scared. God might not feed me. <laughs> bro, bro, what? And then we get into the, the bag, hop into some maybe a relationship, maybe things that God says don't hop into, and then it ends up hurting us up in the long run. You know what I'm saying? All because we didn't trust that God was going to feed us, even though all week he's been feeding us.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, I think um, basically what your story is, what you're saying is like, man, like the lack of trust caused us to make rash decisions. Mm, and better I way think, of saying it, man, yeah. like you even think in relationships, bro, it's just like, man, if there's no lack, is there's a lack of trust there, you're constantly trying to see, oh, where is this person at? Where is this person trying to do? You know, <laughs> yeah. but it's just like, man, like see their, like the faithfulness in the relationship, you know? And I think, like you said, it's the same thing with God. If we actually trust him that he fed us Monday through Saturday, we don't have to worry about Sunday, you mm. know, because he's already showed us his track record, you know? And so it's just like, man, like let's not make rash decisions just because we don't trust God enough. Like actually come to know, have a relationship with him because, man, it's like we have built, we all have built trust with each other because we spent time with one another. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing that works with God. It's just like you have to spend time with him to trust him. And you can tell if somebody doesn't trust God by the lack of time they spend with him. bro.
1: Mm I think something that's so key in both of those things is, like the fruitless spirit that we rarely talk about, but is evident in everybody's life, it's whether they have self-control or they don't have yes. self-control. Cute. Like the dog has to control itself not to go dig in that bag so you know. that it doesn't eat itself, you know what I mean? But it also has to trust you and have the self-control to know that, you know, Mike is gonna come feed me later on in the day, yeah. I'm gonna trust that and I'm not gonna make this rash decision, this impulsive decision in this moment to go act on my own desires. Like we said last week, you know, walk by the spirit so you do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Hey, my flesh wants me to go in this bag Right now, but I gotta control myself so that I don't gratify it in the moment. I think also another thing that your story is speaking to is dependency. The dog is depending on you. You literally the dog is literally, literally depending on you from 8 a.m. to all the way to <laughs> the following 8 a.m. Yeah. So like the entire the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah. nah, but the entire day is depending on you. And I think what's the picture about the dog is that. The dog is so joyful when the homeowner comes home because he knows it's about to get fed. It he knows he's about to go on a walk. It he knows he's about to be allowed to take use the bathroom. And likewise with us, man, we have to be so joyful when it comes to depending on God because yeah. we know that he's going to want to be yeah. taking us out, man. He's the one who's going to be feeding us. He's the one who's going to be providing for us. He's the one that gives us this joy. Like, you know, the dog, you throw the ball and it fetches. Now it's, just, it's so happy just to play fetch with the owner. It's so happy to be with the owner. Likewise, we got to be so happy to be with the owner. We have to be so happy to be with the manufacturer, God himself, because he's the one he provides for us. He sustains us. He gives us that joy. But if we're not dependent on God. We start to stray away. Mm. Well, it's the same thing with those dogs do. Yeah. Man. When they start to be less dependent. They start to do things on their own. They start exactly. to get their own mind. And guess what? They start to run away. And mm-hmm. Now they don't ever come back. Man. Likewise, we've seen a lot of people in the faith and even not in the faith. They stray away, man. They start hearing the thoughts of others. The other doubts, the projections, the fears go on. And they're like, man. I can do this like by myself. I don't gotta depend on God. I don't gotta depend on you. I gotta depend on you. I can fend for myself. And then where does that leave you? On the side of the road begging, (laughs) literally on the side of the road begging because you chose not to be dependent on the sole provider himself.
0: That's real. And I think what gets in the way of that dependency is pride, bro. (sighs) And that's literally that pride and like lack of trust comes from pride. Exactly. So it's just like man, like. Man, like if you think about it, like with the dog, right? If the dog was to just go in that bag, that causes a bad relationship between him and the owner. So it's like, dog, don't go in the bag like have that self-control man it's because like you also see an owner like if the dog is being disobedient mm. it's like bad dog bad dog and that gets scolded to where you're like man like <laughs> you could have had that self-control and just you know y'all would have had a fine and dandy relationship y'all you might have got fed at 7 p.m <laughs> you know what I'm saying and so was like man you, you, gotta make sure. you gotta make sure like bro have that self-control and have that obedience man but like also like you know trust that dependency with God because like it says in the word like all all men have fallen short of the glory but it's just like man god has never will never fall short of the glory at all because Mm. he is the glory so it's like man like i need to be dependent on that and not be dependent on myself
2: i was over here thinking of how it if the dog goes up into the the, the, the bag now i don't trust that dog anymore so now Mm. i put the bag higher because it can't handle it You know what I'm saying? And it's a reason why I didn't want going inside there because it wasn't ready Mm -hmm. because that's going to eat it all. It's going to be sick. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Then going off his point, it strays away. So now a dog who leaves, now he has no one to depend on, no one to trust, and now he ain't getting fed. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you had stuck up in the place that he was meant to be, it would all be different. Again, we have to— Because I want to hit on his point, too, on that time. You know what I'm saying? This dog trusted me because we spent time together. We went on walks, played fetch, all that, watched the chateaus together. You know what I'm saying? But if I never spent time... With a dog, it would never trust me. And so, as he as said, as we spend time with God, it builds that, that bond. It gives us someone to depend on, someone to, someone to trust, and someone who who feeds us at 8 a.m., 8 p.m., him give a little bit of lunch, too. Amen? <laughs> Amen.
1: <laughs> you know, the crazy part about that analogy is that you, you had a place to hire because— that you can't trust the dog anymore, right? Mm -hmm. You solely know what the dog needs when it needs it. Mm. And that's the same thing with God. God knows what we need when we need it. Yet sometimes we don't trust him to give this thing when we actually need it. If he's all-knowing, don't you know that he knows when to give you the thing that you actually need? It's crazy because in uh, Matthew 6, it also says that when you pray to your father, he already knows what you're going to ask before Mm -hmm. you even ask. Like, he already knows the thing that you need before you even ask. So you don't have to worry about, oh, if God's going to provide for me, if God's going to do that. And we also don't have to take matters into our own hands. Because I feel like we take matters in our own hands, we make things worse. Like the dog, man, yeah. because he tried to take matters in his own paws, man, it inevitably made everything worse. You put it yeah. higher now. All you were trying to do is protect the dog from itself. You were trying to protect the dog from its own ill desires. Because if the dog had been able to get in the bag, it's gonna be eaten from 8 a.m. all the way to 8 p.m. Now it's gonna be chunky, man. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be filled up. And and likewise, I think mean, for us, when we take matters in our own hands, we start to overconsume and overcompensate mm-hmm. for the things that we wanna gratify in ourselves, man, instead of trusting that God knows what's what to give us when we need it. Because you can put anything in that category. Hey, man, I want all this money, man. But you want more and more and more and more until you start becoming less dependent on God. Mm-hmm. You start buying things that you don't need. You start doing things that you definitely don't need to be doing. Nice. Now you start getting full. Now you start getting stuff. And then you realize... Oh, this was never supposed to be the thing that was supposed to sustain me. Now I'm unhealthy. Now I'm sick. Now I need the doctor to come fix me when I should have just
0: listened to the owner in the first place. Man, that's real. And I think both of your points boil down to, man, can God trust you to bless you at the end of the day? And so I think like, man, that dog might want a new toy. (laughs) Right. That dog might want a new toy. But it's like if it's being disobedient. It's not gonna get that toy, bro, because that severs the relationship. And it's the same thing with us. When we allow, when we practice sin and we allow sin to rule our lives, it's just like, man, like how can God, like we all want things in the future, but like, it's like, if you're living in sin, how can God give you that thing so you can use it for something that's for your glory instead of God's glory? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so that's essentially idolatry. You know what I'm saying? And God is a jealous God. So it's just like, why would God give you something? Why would God give you an idol essentially, you know? So at the end of the day, it's just like, man, can God trust you? Can you be a good steward, you know, of what God has given you? You know, I was over here thinking,
2: am I really comparing
0: humans to a to a dog? I, was like,
2: no, I thought, yes. And here's why. Because, again, a dog has an owner. God's our owner. The owner knows what is best for this thing. I say all the time. But if God's the creator, he knows what is best for his creation. So that's us as his creation, we've got to have trust in our creator, you know what I'm saying? Because he knows what is best, yet us being the creation are trying to take over and dig up into that non-bag, it causes problems, it causes strays, it causes sickness, all different things, and you have a key thing too where it's, it's our pride. For us humans, that's our that's our biggest thing, that's what kills a bunch of us, our pride, it makes us stray away, it makes us go into these things that we really don't need to be getting into at all. And up on a lens of trust, because we've been talking about dogs.
1: Uh, I want to talk about like when we worry about the, the, the unknown, to uncertainty, and. Mm-hmm. There's like a lens that it happens with work and it's not caused by us, but it's caused by others. And I think all three of us can relate to this question. But that dreadful question that people ask you at the barbecue, that people ask you at church, that people ask you <laughs> in the supermarket. We ain't seen them in five years. bro. What, what's next for you? What you doing in life, man? And, you know, we try to develop the most articulate answer because, you know, we're in school. We're about to graduate hit that next stage in life. But all that does is like when you realize. Man, I don't really know. You start to think about, man, like, should I have everything, everything figured out? Should I have this all lined up? You know, based off of what this person has gone in their life. And this person, it looks like they have it all figured out yet. I don't. And so that question actually makes you worry about the future because you're discouraged about what's in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have things figured out, man. So now I'm trying to. Find an articulate answer to make it seem like I have things figured out when we don't. But the beauty of not allowing other people to project, you know, their stereotypes or the worry on you is that you get to trust in God's provision. We had this conversation earlier. Here and I was like, man, truth be told, I have no idea what I want to do, man. And I think I just want to discover the doors that God opens up in his timing. When you walk into that opportunity where you're just content with what God can do, you don't have to worry about, hey, man, God, what are we going to do tomorrow, the next day, the next day? He says tomorrow's worries will take care of yourself. Worry about today, and when you don't have to worry about today, is that like I can just focus on God and allow Him to guide me through today, and not focus on appeasing Mike or appeasing Josh. Just yeah. let me just see what God has for me, man. If it's if it's something, I know it's gonna be good because He's a good God.
0: I think it all ties back to that comparison issue at the end of the day, man. It's just like we're constantly focusing on other people's lives instead of focusing on what God is doing in our life, man. So it's just like, man, let's just let's just walk the walk that God has for us, man. And it's like, you know, you may walk at a different pace than somebody else's, but it's like that's none of your business. It's a personal re- relationship with you and God. It's just like, man, like your relationship with God doesn't save me. Your relationship with God doesn't save me. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ that saves me. I tough.
2: Me being a senior in college now, I've actually been able to answer that question inside of a way that gives God all the all the glory, I guess He would say. Now and on, people ask, "Hey, hey, doing what?" After college, I say, "You know, I'm not sure, but what I am sure about is God has come through a thousand times in my entire life, every single time. So I know for sure God's gonna come through, come and do something again in this way too." I'm not exactly sure what, but I know I'm going to play my personal part and spend time with him and to talk to his people, and he's going to do do something, too. So that to all the 16 years of college out there, that's just a, that's the best way that I know how to answer that question, because I have n- no idea what I'm doing next. But I do know God's going to do his part, but I've got to do my part, too. Yeah. I think one key
1: thing about our part is not to dwell in the worry, but to mm-hmm. dwell in his midst, dwell yep. in his presence. because. Yep. God is not a God who worries. Like He has all knowledge, He has all power,ful man. And so if He's not gonna worry, then why should I? If I'm made in His image, I should be just like Him. I should do the things that He does. Right? I should be in His presence. I should be in His midst. Read His scripture. If His scripture is telling me that I know the plans that I have for you. So I should believe that I should yeah. walk in that, that confidence. And say, This is a promise from God himself. He says he's going to sustain me. He says he's going to provide for me. I don't have to worry about what the circumstance may look like. Yes, although it may be inconvenient. Yes. And although it may look uncertain, know that you
2: serve a certain God who's going to help you get through the things that you're going through right now. You also want to say because he's at best. Comparison. God's got a different plan for me than He has for you, than He has for you. But if I'm so so focused on their plan, it's gonna make mine look different and be be weird. But it's like, no, like again, it's not comparison because God's got a different plan for each person. And the thing said people can walk at different paces, different paces, at different races too. You know? Yeah. A comparison of thief for joy, man. Comparison thief for joy. hijack, bro. <laughs> God's race, God's pace. Man. God's so, race, God's <laughs> pace.
1: Everybody. You're different. We out here, y'all. We see you. Uh, have a good one.